On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a much-needed bounce-back win against the Miami Heat. And they did it in two ways. And we'll tell you why on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. Oh, oh, And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager of the Lock On Podcast Network. Letting it ride. Shout out to everybody that I met tonight at the game. Uh, a couple people told me, hey, you going to let it ride tonight? Heck yeah. You got to let it ride tonight. Got to let it ride, everyone. You got to enjoy the wins. If you're going to take the losses so hard and take every loss as, you know, deflating, defeating, take these bounce back wins and enjoy them. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Maps is free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. And the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let me know in the comment section. What's one thing you liked in the Mavs versus Heat game? Could be the play of Josh Green, Luka Doncic overcoming the double-doubles again. Could be the defense. Should be the defense. That's That was a great thing. Today, we're going to get into the Mavs defense. Huge, huge difference between what the Mavs look like against the Heat in this game and what they look like against the Hawks. You saw the duality of the Mavericks in these two ESPN games. And uh, I'll explain to you what that is. Jason Kidd also told us something interesting in the post game. Answered a question of mine. And I was like, okay, he gave me something. So we'll play that clip for you a little bit later. Jason Kidd talking about who's stepping up in a leadership role for the Dallas Mavericks, which is great. Love to hear that. We'll talk about Luka Doncic constantly getting doubled and why I think it backfired on the Heat. I think it backfired on the Heat. And I'm curious if a shift is going to happen with the Mavericks in this kind of strategy that other teams have been employing on Luca. And then we'll talk about Josh Green because Josh Green was so great. So great in this game. So good to have him back. And uh yeah, let's start with the defense though. Josh Green was one of the reasons why the defense played so well. Uh great to have the Dallas Mavericks almost fully back. Christian Wood now missing. Maxi Kleba still out. And so the Mavericks still aren't completely full, but they have their wings back. And their wings is when this team was defending at its highest level in the playoffs last year. Maxi was definitely part of that. Uh, Dwight Powell, I thought was, I thought was really good. He's not going to be this dominant defensive center, but for what Dwight Powell is, I thought he was good. Jason Kidd said he thought he was good. Now, you know, we know that, you know, I don't always tell you guys the truth, <laughs> but I do agree with him that I thought Dwight Powell did a good job, a decent job tonight. You know, Bam Adebayo averaging 20 plus points a game and he only scored 18. He only took 14 shots, went to the free line six times. And so it's not like Bam was dominating Dwight Powell in this game. And I thought Dwight did did well defensively in other, other facets. But it was the wings. It wasn't just it wasn't on Dwight Powell. It was on the wings, the guards, Luca. It seemed like this team took the beating they took against the Hawks and said, we can't do that again. We can't allow ourselves to be shamed that way on national TV. <laughs> we can't allow ourselves to allow a team to score 130 on us. Not with Cassidy Hubberth over there. Not with not with ESPN on the sideline. Not with Stan Van Gundy staring at me from ESPN. They couldn't allow that again. Not with Mark Jones in the building. <laughs> so the Mavericks only allow 
Uh, 90 points against the Heat. Some of that in garbage time even too, which is even bigger of a feat. They held them to a 98.9 offensive rating. That's 98.9 points per 100 possessions. That's incredible. That's really, really good. Now, this Heat team is not the best offensive team. They're like 21st in the NBA in offense. But they have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. Like They have really good offensive players. They just The Mavs didn't let them get into anything. Didn't let them get anything going. Didn't let anybody get going. They put in so much effort, and that's the thing. That's what I talked about after the Hawks game is it's a lot on effort. These rotations, the way that the team is, the personnel that the Mavericks have. What did Jason Kidd say after the Hawks game? You know, with this personnel, the way that we're going to get better is by effort. And this is it. They put in the effort. The wings are back. Having Dorian and Reggie Bullock and Josh Green and having those guys shoot well enough that they can all play on the floor at the same time is so big. It's it's why the Mavericks won playoff game, any playoff game last year. Because those wings, not Josh Green, but because Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith played defense well enough, they were locked in together, and they made enough shots that they could stay on the court. Beginning of the season, it wasn't happening. They weren't hitting their shots. Everyone wanted to run Reggie Bullock out of town. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. I did think he should have played more. Five threes in this game for Reggie Bullock. A couple of rebounds, an assist, uh, 15 points for him. He's, he's kind of an all-or-nothing player. He's a 0% or 100% player, it feels like. And uh, and we got 100% Reggie Bullock in this game. I thought he was great in his defensive matchups. Jimmy Butler was not in this game at all. Not a factor. He played 26 minutes, and you look at that and be like, oh, did he get injured? Like, no, he didn't play the fourth quarter because they were down by 20 already. He was a minus 21 in the game in 25 minutes. He only took seven shots. Jimmy Butler just didn't... Whether it was the Mavericks defense or Jimmy Butler, but I think it was a combination of both. He just did not look interested in this game at all. <laughs> I texted our Locked on Heat guy, guys and said, has Jimmy Butler looked like this the whole season? Because I've seen some Heat games this year, but it just seems like every time I turn them on, Jimmy Butler just doesn't look like he wants to be around. This doesn't look like he wants to be in the game. He's not taking charge. He's not playing like a star player is supposed to play. And David Ramil responded to me and said, you know, he, he turns it on when he needs to, you know, kind of waffling in and out, but he turns it on when he needs to. And yeah, he's, he's a clutch player. He'll turn it on when he needs to. It's kind of been Jimmy Butler's career recently where he just kind of coasts through the regular season, doesn't play in all-star games and things like that. And then he goes to the playoffs and you're like, where did this guy come from? But the Mavs luckily got that Jimmy Butler that coasts through the regular season and doesn't want to uh, really involve himself. And so it was a lot on Bam Adebayo. Tyler Hero was struggling. He only took 11 shots. He only played 30 minutes. And the Mavericks really kept him in check. They didn't allow them to really move the ball, and they only allowed them to, took 20, to take 20 threes. The, the Heat have to take a volume of threes, and the Mavs only let them take 20, which is just massive. Now, they took 27 free throws. The Heat beat the, the Thunder the other night because they were, went 40 of 40 from the free throw line. Mavs only had them go 27 to the, times to the free throw line. And a lot of that was the first half. In the first half, they had a really, really high uh, free throw rate. So you looked at the score and you're like, oh, the Mavs are only up nine. It feels like they're playing so much better. It's because they were. They played such great defense in the first half, but the the Heat were getting to the free throw line a lot. So the defense was just so much better. And one of the, th- the reasons why it was so much better was because of a film session that the Mavericks had the day before. And Jason Kidd said, you know, I didn't have to be the voice to call them out, to make them play defense, to try and get their effort up. It didn't have to come from me, which at this level, that's kind of the way it is. You know, you're like, you try to 
put blame on a coach. Like, inspire these guys. Go do a Coach Carter. Do a remember the Titans speech. Do a uh, you know clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose them, Coach. Like, like can you give one of those rousing speeches? Like that doesn't happen in the NBA. Not eighty-two games. Not these professional players that make so much more money than he does. You know, like things like that. There's just so much weird stuff that has so many different power dynamics and. It doesn't have to come from Jason Kidd. And in this instance, it wasn't. And I thought that that was really interesting. So I asked him, well, who was it then? And this is what he said. You mentioned that you weren't the voice that called the, the team out defensively and didn't need to come from you. Who is the, the voice that is emerging as the one that's calling the team out defensively? Yeah, I thought Doe, Doe said it, um, you know, after the game. be uh, And then, you know, yesterday that our defense has to be better. I thought Maxie's voice yesterday in film was, uh, was right on. Um, he his voice. Uh, some said that that's the most he's talked in in the time that he's been here, but that that was, it was uh, right on watching film. He he said a lot of stuff uh, that hit home with everybody, and I thought the carryover from from that film and on the floor yesterday, and then you know coming out to do it against a very talented mm -hmm. team in Miami that's playing extremely well. Um, you, you saw it tonight. Coming up, I'll tell you why that is very important that the Mavericks have that voice defensively and then we'll talk about Luka Doncic getting doubled and why it backfired on the heat we'll talk about that coming up but before we do let me tell you about Built Bar it's a protein bar tastes like a candy bar they're absolutely delicious I got one I got one right here I took it with me to the game tonight they're so good the brownie batter puff is delicious it's delicious candy bar that is actually a, a protein bar 140 calories 17 grams of protein 6 grams of sugar uh, I've been tracking like what I eat and stuff I'm sure a lot of you have with New Year's resolutions and things and I put this into the, the app and it gives you a little like this food is high in protein and it's a green like little lettering and you're like, yes, feel good about that. You can feel good about eating a Built Bar. They have them at Walmart. They have them at Sam's Club. You can get select flavors there. But if you want to get the brownie batter puff, that's my favorite. Go to built.com. Try that promo code LOCKED15 or locked on, and uh, yeah, get a box shipped to you. Get a, a, a variety box online. You can try that too. So check it out. It's built.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's keep talking about this Dallas Mavericks win. They get the win 115-90 to against the Miami Heat, who had been playing well. Uh, they had won like seven of their last ten games. And you heard the clip from Jason Kidd before. Um, you heard the, Jason, the clip from Jason Kidd earlier. And that it was Dorian, his voice, and Maxi Kleba. Jason Kidd said that Maxi Kleba probably spoke more and was more vocal in that film session than any part in his time in Dallas. He probably heard that from some assistants that had been there, right? You know, Daryl Armstrong or Sham God or somebody that had, or Casey Smith, maybe even that have, have been there that have been around Maxi. And that's huge. The Mavericks have been in this weird, like this weird state where you see people on Twitter, like try and they get mad when somebody says this is, Oh, this is a young Mavericks team. And they're like, this is not a young team. And you're like, okay, well calm down first. But second, it's kind of like an it was like an inexperienced team that wasn't young. They didn't have a bunch of they're not they they're not Houston right like they're not the Houston Rockets where like Luca's the same age as some of those guys, but the rest of the team is like right around thirty years old. But they're not like the Warriors or the Lakers where they have just a bunch of vets and a bunch of old dudes. Like they're not that, and so they're like in this weird middle. And so it felt like they didn't really have veterans. Felt like they didn't really have leadership in that way. Well, in the playoffs, it felt like a couple guys stepped up. It felt like Dorian stepped up. Luca obviously stepped up. Felt like Brunson stepped up, but for whatever that means now, as as a leader on this team that galvanized guys and brought them together. 
And hearing that Maxi Kleba stepped up is really big. He's been in the NBA for a little while now. We talk a lot about how, you know, Dorian's first year in the league was our first year in the league. It was Maxi's first year too. And now he's he's been in the league for a while. He's been a good defensive center. He signed that that extension. And so now him stepping up and being the vocal leader so that Jason Kidd and the coaching staff doesn't have to be that voice again, you know, that you know, the, the squeaky wheel like continuing to uh that's the wrong analogy. I almost did. I almost did a head to toe like Isaac, but the he doesn't have to be the you know the voice that drones on the teacher from from the peanuts. You know, like that's eventually what your coach's voice becomes, and I'm sure Jason Kidd has preached that a ton. But if coming from Dorian, coming from Maxi Kleba, it's huge. Josh Green also talked about that that film session and just said, you know, it was just dumb stuff. That's what he said. He said it was just dumb stuff that we were doing and, you know, missed assignments and not hustling back and not going back in transition and just dumb stuff. And it was just, he said it was pointed out all over the place in the film and guys were just calling things out. They were just dumb. And we really had to kind of like, this is not what he said, but they really had to kind of get their heads on straight when it came to defense. And so great to see them get together and have this bounce back where it's like, okay, we're capable of this. We're able to play a really good defensive game like this. And, you know, they some of it was playing with small ball lineups, which was awesome to see. It's great to see them try those and throw those out. Now it's because Christian Wood was out in this game. Uh, they're not going to play JaVale McGee, it seems like, anymore. Maxi Kleba's still out. So they're really down some big men. Uh, Dwight Powell had a little – he had foul trouble. He, he didn't really have foul trouble, but he couldn't stay. He's not going to play 40 minutes. So they had to play some time without a big. Um. Then Luka Doncic. I thought the defense was the biggest story, but Luka, he's insane. (laughs) He's an insane player because he scored 34 points in this game, took 24 shots, five of eight from the three-point line, including he hit four of his first four, went to the free-throw line eight times, or five of eight from the three-point line, five of eight from free-throw line too, Uh, seven assists, and three turnovers. And you're like, those are normal Luca numbers. I'm not really impressed by those numbers. If if you're if you're somebody that has watched Luca a lot, which I'm sure you are, he was doubled on. I'm gonna do a Chris Traeger here. Literally every play, like literally every play, he was doubled. It was just like how how can we as the Miami Heat? How can we put pressure on Luca? In any way. Like, what are the basketball tactics that we can put pressure on Luka in doing? Okay, let's get somebody to pick him up full court. Let's get somebody to pick him up at half court, too. Let's, anytime he touches the ball, let's double him. Let's, after a screen, he'll he'll get this false sense of security that it's just one-on-one with him and Tyler Hero. And then we'll send somebody over real quick to help or to dig on him. Like, anytime he had the ball in his hands, they were sending two at the ball. They were sending... You know, two guys at him, it's, it seemed like. And Luca was getting frustrated at it because he wasn't really getting calls early on uh, from the refs early on like he does at, at times. And then this team, you know, was just doubling him at every turn. And you're just thinking, man, like how is he doing what he's doing? Because he still scored 34 points, still took 24 shots. How do you do that when you're doubled all the time? This Mavericks team is getting used to that. J- Christian Wood had been great as the release valve when those double teams came. Josh Green is becoming really, really good at that. 
I don't know what Spencer Dinwiddie is doing sometimes in these moments when he's double teamed. He seems like he's on the other side of the court. Like that's the whole reason you're on the court is to be the other ball handler. So that's been kind of weird to me. But Dorian, I thought, did a good job being the release valve at times in this game. And they just need to have those guys that can step up and just take the ball, make the right pass, and then maybe get it back to Luka quickly where the Heat don't have time to double again. Or if they do, they try to double and then Luka can hit the guys with the right pass. Specifically, a no-look pass in the first half that was just wild. Luka's on the right wing. He looks he looks off the defense all the way across the court to the, to the, the other side. Like He's on the very far right side. He looks all the way to the left to look off the defense and then like a, a really like slow motion look like pitch right to his right. And Reggie Bullock was there and he hit a three. It was just one of those plays where uh, it was a, a great pass from Luca. It was one of those where he had to get it out of a double team real quick. Somebody helped from the, you know, um, from the closest shooter. It, they, somebody helped one pass away is the phrase that they use. And the heat paid for it. And so Tim McMahon asked Luca about that pass afterwards. And I just want you to hear it and, and watch it because it was really funny. Luca and Reggie Bullock did their post game uh, media availability together. And I thought Luca did it as a tactic. So he didn't get as many questions. He doesn't like answering our questions sometimes, but uh, yeah, I thought that this was funny. Tim McMahon trying to ask Luca, like, what are you thinking in that? No look pass. There was a, uh, a pass in the first half. I think it was actually to Reggie. And the strong side corner where you're up. I know what you're talking about. So you you no look to the guy in the opposite corner. Take me through that. Is that like are you looking there to open up the defense, or are you Can't tell like you what are you going out there? It's a secret, man. You wanted people to get a scouting. So I, I don't I know mean, that I, there's all I can do scouting now. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just happens. Uh, what I'm wondering is when you're looking over there, uh, you could probably hear my laugh in the middle, in the middle of that too. But uh, yeah, Reggie Bullock said, man, even he can't tell you what he's doing in this moment. Sometimes it's just feel, right? Like sometimes it's just, he's special. He's got the, the feel of the game that nobody else has. And we're just seeing it over and over again. And so in this game, the Mavericks are starting to get used to the double team. You saw it with that no-look pass. You saw it in some of the moments Josh Green had. Uh, Christian Wood, not in this game, but before, has been getting used to the double teams. But one thing that Josh Green said that I thought was really, really interesting was about um, how much it makes the team focus, how much it makes the team kind of like like sit up straight in their chair when they're Luca's getting doubled all the time. When Luca's getting pressure, it makes you focus because you can't just nonchalantly bring the basketball up, tiredly get into some kind of double drag screen that they run all the time or a Spain pick and roll, you know, that they just keep running all the time and just kind of nonchalantly go through the motion. You cannot go through the motions if a team is doubling your star, is doubling your meal ticket, for lack of a better term, on offense. The guy, the engine, the guy that stirs the drink, right? So Josh Green, I thought had a very really interesting point about this, and I wanted to hear. I wanted you to hear what he said. What's it like being one of the other four guys on the court when Luca's getting doubled and picked up full court like the entire game? Um, I mean, I feel like I've kind of got used to it now. I feel like mostly every single team has started to double him. So yep. it's like it's it's weird because like you know sometimes you don't know when to flash, when not to flash. You know, it's just you need to be locked in. You know, sometimes you know if somebody's not being double, you know, you don't really lock in as much but like when you're getting doubled like you really have to lock in and be able to see what's going on around the court and 
you know, see who's flashing and see if you need to be in the corner and, yeah, just think. Does it feel like every play is like a broken play? I asked him, then I asked him if it feels like every play is a broken play. He said, no, it doesn't really. We can still get into our plays whenever we want to. But I thought the point in that in that first clip that he said was, you know, it makes us focus a little bit more and lock in a little bit more. It felt like, you know, a playoff focus that they had. It didn't feel like a playoff game because they were beating the Heat pretty much from from jump <laughs> in this game. But they had to lock in. It was, it was, you know, there's much more focus when Luka's getting doubled. If you're one of the other guys, you could be one pass away, and like all of a sudden you could have to do something off the dribble because Luka's getting doubled, and you're the one that has a clear shot to the basket. And Josh Green had that, and he's been really good in those moments. And that's where you see Josh Green, and he's more than just a 3 and D player. Like his first year, we just said, okay, if he can play some solid defense and hit a three, then that'd be great. You know, if he doesn't get any playing time. Uh, second year, he starts to, he's playing a little bit more. And you're like, all right, if only that three ball could just come around. He's playing some solid defense. We could see the passing a little bit here. And then the playoffs, he just can't stay on the court because he just can't shoot. Now this year, he takes this step forward. And you see him become a really confident shooter. He took a contested corner three in this in this game. We've only seen Josh Green really take wide, wide open threes that NBA.com would consider wide open, which is like a defender 10 feet away or more. But we saw him take a contested shot in this game and make it huge. And then we've also seen Josh Green take the next step forward and be say and say, I'm not not I'm not just a three and D guy. I'm gonna crash the offensive boards. I'm gonna add that to this game. I'm gonna create chaos in hustle plays in the open court. I'm also going to be the guy that can can do something off the dribble. There's a bunch of plays that Josh Green had tonight that that helped in the in the pick and roll or helped in, in Luka Doncic getting doubled that backfired on the Heat. So the Mavericks focused more when they were doubling when the Heat were doubling Luka and then Josh Green stepped up. There was the play in the second quarter with about 3 minutes left where Luka was the roller. He he set a screen. He came over and set a pick, set a screen for Josh Green. And then he rolled, and Josh Green hit it and kicked it to him. Luca was one-on-one and got a mid-range shot out of it and hit it. Like We've never really seen that before, but that was an awesome type of play that you could run something different. It was so refreshing to see something other than Luca just isoing at the top of the key and then just either driving and kicking to somebody or just pulling up. Josh Green also in the third quarter, about three, about three minutes left, had an and-one drive from the corner. Luca's getting doubled at the top of the, top of the key. Ball swings around to Josh Green in the corner. Pump fakes, drives, gets gets caught by Bam Adebayo at the rim. Like defensive player of the year candidate, Bam Adebayo. And then gets an and one at the rim. Hit like Makes the shot through contact. Really strong finish. And he had to do it all in the air. And so he had to hang in the air for a long time. Great play from, from Josh Green. And like, who else on the team can do that? Maybe Jaden Hardy, but I, just, I don't think he's strong enough yet to do, to do a play like that. Dorian will try. Reggie will try at times, but I don't. They're not pulling that off. Dinwiddie can, but like they're not trying that that stuff. Like driving, you know, a pump fake and drive from the corner. Josh Green will do that stuff, and that's why he adds just such a different element. It's why he's so fun to watch. You just never know what's going to happen. Uh, fourth quarter, about nine minutes left. He got a huge offensive rebound that led to Dwight Powell, you know, going high low to Luca on a cut. That was a really great play. That that kind of like. It felt like it was really sealing the deal at that point. After the third quarter, it felt like, okay, we just need a little fourth quarter run at the start here, and it'll be done. Then fourth quarter, about six minutes left. 
uh, a really interesting play from Josh Green that just kind of shows this is what Josh Green is in this package. Okay, so Josh Green's guarding somebody else. Bam Adebayo has the ball on like a post up against, against I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr. Josh Green runs over to, to double Bam to like help Tim. He runs over to double. Bam sees it, recognizes it, kicks it over to Josh, the player Josh Green was defending. That player drives. Josh Green's fast enough that he can recover and go. And he's a little behind the he's a little behind the guy he was defending, but he got back to him. And then he tips the guy's pass. Luca gets the steal, and then Luca throws the alley oop, and Josh Green hits the reverse dunk in transition. Like that's just the thing that you could see from Josh Green. The development of that play recognizes the double, recognizes that you know the mismatch that Bam has over Tim Hardaway, and comes over to help. Then is fast enough to be able to recover. Not a lot of guys in the Mavericks are fast enough to recover the way he did on this play. Tips the pass with the awareness. Luca gets the steal, and then and then is the first guy down the floor to run and get a reverse dunk. That, in his words, was not Luca's best pass. And if it was a better pass, he would have thrown it between the legs. <laughs> he said he would have dunk. He would have gone between the legs and dunked it. Just one of those plays where you say. This is the development of Josh Green. This is what we're seeing from Josh Green that is just him taking a leap this year, which has been awesome. And a lot of the discourse today on Mavs' social media pages was, you know, we don't want to trade Josh Green for anything because he can become something special. He is. He is. He's becoming a really great role player. Now, of course, you'd give that up for another star player, but what he's becoming is awesome, and it's it's such a great development for the Mavericks. He played 27 minutes in this game. He played – he. he Came, he didn't play garbage time, so this, those are all like real minutes. Uh, played more than Tim Hardaway. Played more than Dorian, who was in foul trouble. Played almost as much as Reggie Bullock off the bench. And then, you know, three minutes less than than um, Spencer Dinwiddie. He's up there. He's like the Mavericks, you know, seventh man right now. Eighth man, I guess, when Christian Wood comes back. But put him, put him ahead of Dwight. He's the seventh man on this Mavericks team. And before the season, what was the goal that I had for, for Josh Green? Like, if he could only just be like the ninth man. Check. Check that box. He's already there. Great to see that from Josh Green. Great to see that from this Mavericks team. A really good bounce back win. Gets him back on the right track. Hopefully they can see the defensive scheme. They can, you know, they can put forth the effort and they know that they can beat teams on any given night. So, guys, we'll be back coming up next week. To break down some more, we'll have a game, a post-game pod after the Clippers game. There's a Wizards home game this week. Suns, there's a bunch of stuff. And then we'll have pods over the off days. Isaac will be back as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!